right, I'm back again, guest hosting our Small Business Chronicles podcast for Ryan Shear because he's a, a little bit under the weather right now. But I, I'm actually excited to be here, and uh, I did mention this pre-show, but uh, just to to give a little jab at Ryan, I'll mention it. I think I'm a better host anyway, so make sure you guys let Ryan know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I am, I am a uh, serial entrepreneur, podcast host. And uh, I love talking business. I love talking um, uh, in particular with small business owners uh, and, and people that have um, a niche in that space. And so I'm really excited about our guest today. Janine is, is with us. And in true uh, fashion to our show being unscripted, uh, I, I don't want to do you any un- injustice. Mm-hmm. Why don't you give us a little bit of information about why I'm so excited to chat with you and why our listeners might be excited to listen? Well, hi. First of all, thank you for having me on the show, Brian. I've looked at the Small Business Chronicles, and I enjoyed uh, several of the people that you've already had on with Pete Mower, with Dime Management. You had Chad on with Success Has No Age. And and so how do I fit into this uh, wonderful eclectic bunch that you've already gathered together? And I'd, I'd say I'm the, the practical uh, business owner in the sense of if you don't have sales, don't build it. Mm. Um, and so that's one of the things is I, I wrote a book because I just got so tired of people asking me the same questions over and over in my work. And, and that was the thriving solopreneur and basically how in four hours a week you can nurture your business and get it to grow. And what I find is that a lot of business owners struggle with the difference between sales and marketing. <laughs> what is the difference? And they get so busy with marketing that they totally forget their sales. And so for small business owners that are bootstrapping, that's the thing I always say. I'm like, I've watched them spend you know, 18 months to two years building out a program and nobody buys it. And they go, what's wrong? And I said, because you built it before you had the sales. And so that doesn't make a a lot of sense. But anyway, that's kind of my introduction is I'm one of those crazy people who I started running my own business when I was 10 years old. I was selling earthworms to local fishermen and I'd go out early before school and dig up the earthworms from our local pond. And then I would sell them off the back of my bike and head to school. And I've been running businesses and selling businesses ever since. That is uh, an incredible introduction. So yeah, I love that. So, it, you know, we have a lot of solopreneurs that listen to our show, right? That's a big part of of, mm-hmm. of our target audience. So I, I'm so excited to talk about that space and, and talk about, you know, as you said, uh, focusing on sales, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, you can be you can be unbalanced in there, um, but but everything starts with profitability, right? Um, I actually was having a conversation with one of our other guests within our network um, um, that's uh, that was a professor at uh, uh, a business school, um, and they talk about a lot of the problems that people have when they're doing startups is they're throwing capital at something where they haven't had a proof of concept yet. Right. And and that's a great way to flush money down the toilet. Right. Because you you have to have that production in line first. So um, what what led you to see that gap in, in business with solopreneurs? And why do you believe it's so common for people to rush into the creative side of things to try and create these awesome platforms or services without knowing whether or not they're, they're needed? Uh, I think a lot of it is just the not ignorance. They don't know 
to do sales first. And it's one of those things that as a creative, it's ever so much easier to sit and build out an online course than to have to talk to new people that you don't know and try to convince them to buy something you haven't built and <laughs> sell them on a concept or sell them on an idea. And what they don't realize is those are your best fans. Yeah, Those are the people who are going to support the business 20, 30 years down the road are the people that are going to buy your idea. If you idea, if you can visualize and then articulate your vision for what you want to do and help them out with whatever problem they're having, it, that's where it gets really cool. And, and so it's like um, one of my very first clients that I had when I went into business with this business in 2015 was um, a pool association and pool cleaners for fiberglass pools. And I was just like, really? You guys want me to help you with your small business? I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can because technically by training, I'm an analytical biochemist, you know? And so I was like, I'm into automation, robotics and systems. And so I usually help people with their procedures and systems for their businesses, but they wanted me to come in and do some trainings for them. And so that's kind of what got me into that space and seeing all these pool cleaners and every single one of them are their own business owner. Right. And then they all had the same issues of how do we let our customers know what we're doing? How do we stay in touch with our customer? You know, just basic things. So I actually had them sit down and say, OK, how many of you actually have active clients right now? How many active clients do you need to achieve the lifestyle that you're interested in? And it was amazing the numbers. As soon as they saw the numbers, then they're like, oh, my gosh, it's so achievable. And they took this huge monolithic get more customers, get more customers. And they actually narrowed it down to um, nuts and bolts of actually what is that number. And I think that's one of the things that happens to people is they get so busy into brainstorming and creating and, and asking these questions. And they, they forget why they got into business in the first place was for a very specific lifestyle. And so how many people do you need to keep that lifestyle going? And that that's amazing because then the number really drops significantly. And I know a lot of people are very concerned about that uh, now in this particular economy. And so that's why I'm like, don't build it until you have sales. And if you don't think that's a good business model, please realize Boeing, when they came out with their 747, <laughs> that when they sold it to their contract, that JPL was like, no problem. If you build it, we'll buy it. And Boeing said, we'll build it if you buy it. So they were like at this impasse and all they had was the knobs and bolts of, of how they were going to steer this airplane that was the largest that had ever been built for private use or for you know uh, public transportation. And so when I was reading all that story, I was just like, oh my gosh. So Get your, get your clients in line first and then build whatever it is you want to build. Well, and I, I love that you talked about it, you know, th that being your, your fan base, your raving fans, right? Because I, I talk yeah. in, in, in my business about how do we generate raving fans? How do we make sure that people are, uh, are a sounding board and that are basically marketing on our behalf so that we don't have to uh, market? We can only do business with the people that are in perfect alignment with what we do. And, and a lot of that comes from vulnerability and being willing to say, you know what, we don't have this problem fixed yet, but you know, we're, we're going to figure it out. Right. So, so I, I, I love that you talked about, um, uh, why that, that, that comes up. I think some of it is surrounding fear or fear for, uh, you know, 
feeling like like a business owner should seek more just for the sake of more, right? <laughs> well, and the other fun thing is, <clears throat> I'm going to piggyback a little bit about um, what you're saying, and that is when it comes to creating raging, you know, raging fans, as they like to say, realize all you have to do is listen. All you have to do is listen to people. And one of the things that I did in 2015 when I was first starting this uh, this business, a broadcasting company, was I just listened to people. What were their struggles? What were their fears? And I wrote down the five questions that was constantly being asked. And I addressed all those questions every time I spoke, every time I was out and about talking to people, what have you. I would bring up, these are the five questions that are a problem in our industry. And I'd list them off and I'm like, and this is what my company does to solve those. And this is what we do. And I know that that's not really what you see a lot with the marketing space right now. It's like, what are their pain points? And then you're the problem to their, or you're the solution to their problem of their pain. And you focus on pain. And, and that does work if you have high volume. But I didn't have high volume. I, I don't, I'm not a Walmart, you know, I don't have that kind of traffic running through my shop. And so I really focused instead on just listening to where the fear was for my clients. And then by helping them with that, then that's when they would become a raging fan of mine. And so those are the areas that I really like people to focus in on. Instead of focusing on trying to create a raging fan, what is it we need to do? What have you? I know that's um, a lot of that. And if your business is at that level, go for it. But I know that if you're bootstrapping and you're a one or three person shop, sales, it's all about sales at that point. And so when you're ready to actually have a thousand dollar a month budget for marketing, then start working on your fan base. Well, I or not working on it, but building it, you know, nurturing it. Well, I think yeah. I think some people try and play at a level um, that they're not at yet because they see it and they think they're supposed to do that. So I, I love that you know you're talking about the focus on sales and 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 on scalability because mm -hmm. it has to start with production. Because um, oh gosh, where did I hear this? I think it was a book called Fascinate. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It actually talks about marketing and, and and the different aspects of it. But they but they say if you if you don't have that Walmart size budget, right? If you don't have that huge budget for marketing, uh, they compared it to ice cream. Like if you can't be vanilla, if you don't have the budget to be the best vanilla ice cream that's on the market, then you have to be pistachio, right? <laughs> You've got it. You've got to be unique and 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 focus on um, just getting in a conversation with the people that um, that that you uh, that are a fit for you to be in relationship with. So mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. So how do you yeah. how how do you um, how do you refocus that energy um, with the people that that you work with so that they're actually f uh, focusing on sales and focusing on the right activities instead of getting distracted? Well, it's very interesting to me that most of the small business owners that I have run into are some of the most creative people you ever run into. They are amazing. I love working with them. It's it's the space that I enjoy. Um, I like working with solopreneurs, helping them get to, to, to the next level. So they hire their first VA, they hire their first, uh, you know, because there's two things that you hire first, right? It's the bookkeeper. Yep. <laughs> because the, that's the first thing you do is get these QuickBooks out of my hands. Oh, yeah. I don't want to deal with them. So you hire the bookkeeper and maybe an attorney. Those are the two that you might do right off the bat. But, um, but the biggest thing of refocusing is really a lot of people are very good at focus. Um, they don't really need a lot of guidance on my part. 
except when I say, okay, it's time for you to go out and make the money. You know, like I teasingly say to my kids, I wake up and before I, you know, say goodbye to them to walk down the hall to my, my office in the house, you know, um, it's like, yeah, mama gets to go out and make the money today. Yeah. You know, I, I'm always talking about, yeah, let's go make the money. It's We get to make money today, make it a game, make it fun. But that focus really speaks for itself. I want to stay in business. And if I'm not profitable, and if I don't have revenue coming in, and I don't know where the next dollar is going to come in, then I'm going to put everything into dealing with that uh, relationship marketing that I'm so good at, which is reaching out to people, finding out what's going on in their life, and how are they. And so sometimes uh, when people don't know what to do, and they're really confused, and they've got all this marketing information in their head, and they've got three coaches, and each one's telling them to do different things, I'm like, just go make money. <laughs> just go go attempt to make a sale. Become that salesman. And a lot of business owners are like, I don't like sales. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're solving your people's problems. This is why you got into business was to help solve these people's problems. So go out and help those people solve those problems. And so that's one of the areas that I really focus people on. Now, if you're confused and you've got all this stuff floating around your head and you don't know what to do first, I always recommend people sit or stand, depending upon if they're kinesthetic or not. Uh, some of the creatives cannot sit at a desk, mm -hmm. they stand. But take a deep breath and say, who do I need to chat with right now? And a name will pop in your head and you call them up and they're like, hey, what's going on? And just chat with them like they're a friend. Spend an hour on phone or on Zoom and just chat with them. And eventually you're going to get that inspiration that you need to move forward on, hey, I'm, I've got this idea and I really wanted to know what you thought about it. I'm thinking of d doing a business around blah, 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 blah. And it's amazing then just by connecting with these people. Uh, and so that's why in the book, The Thriving Solopreneur, I talk to people about what are those four hours a week, you know, that you're spending where you're doing nothing but working on your business, not in your business, which, by the way, it took me four years to figure out what people were saying. Work on your business, not in your business. Yeah. I'm like, what are you saying it's, to me? It's a great it soundbite, so but it's not always it explained. Was, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I, it was like, it was ridiculous how long it took me to figure that out. And when I finally did, I wanted to just like. You know, I felt like Homer Simpson, you know, I didn't know, but uh, it, it was, and what it is, is what are you doing to bring in your next sale? Yeah. That's what working on your business is. And you're, there's four hours a week I talk about in my book, but the one that's most important is just getting on Zoom and talking to potential connectors, people who will be happy to refer people to you. Just let people know what you're doing. And if you can't, if you cannot tell people what you do in two to three sentences, that's your first step. Yeah. <laughs> do not uh, talk. So when I was helping people with debt-free living, I would say, hi, my name's Jean Bolin. And how you doing? I'm a financial first responder. Love that. That's it. People know financial first responder. So obviously somebody's finances are on fire <laughs> and you're the person that's going to help them with that. So that's what you need to do. And how many people, I know, Brian, you've had this too. Hey, what do you do for a living? And you're there like it's a dissertation because yeah. they keep adding. They just keep, the longer you listen to them, the more they talk about all the other things that they do. And that's, that's one of the challenges for solopreneurs is those quick things of what it is you do. And when you can say, I'm pistachio ice cream. Yeah. That sells. Well, and, and, and 
the activity itself will help you narrow down your message, right? I'm sure you can relate to that too, Jeanine. I mean, getting into activity, because really what you're talking about is prospecting versus marketing. And so you're speaking my language. Uh, coming from the real estate space. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I, I've, I've had the good fortune to uh, coach a lot of a lot of business uh, business owners uh, in the real estate space, and most of them that have been on my roster over the years have been brand new. So they're absolutely solopreneurs, and the first thing that they ask me inevitably is, "What should I be spending? You know, what am I, my website, and I've got to have." you know, my business card and like, should I, by the way, should I drive an expensive car? Does that matter? And do I need a billboard? And they're all over the place. And all of those activities are, some of them are just, you know, uh, completely a waste of time. And some of them, the majority of them, they're, they're worried about marketing. But I, I tell all all my solopreneur, uh, you know, my, my baby realtors, as I used to call them, your business should be prospecting based and marketing enhanced. Mm-hmm. And when you first start, it should be like, 95% prospecting and and just a little bit of marketing cuz you haven't you're not at a revenue position to to spend big marketing dollars yet. And so like if if you don't have 2 years worth of SEO and uh, and AdWords, <laughs> your website doesn't matter. It just doesn't. <laughs> it, it only matters that there's a place to point people to so that you can show them that you are a real business and you do do what you say you do. And it's a landing page. And when you first start out, that's all you need. you got to get into action. So I mm-hmm. lo- love that, you ha- that, that you've kind of come across the same thing in, across multiple businesses. Um, yeah, I could talk about but that. Back to the website. I'd love to call back onto that website for my authors, like debut authors and other creatives three pages. Yeah. The homepage so that you build your email list because these are for authors, you know, readers come to them, they want to see what they're writing, they they're inv- interested. So for that, we actually say right up front say, "Do you want my updates?" because most people do that read. They actually want to read emails from authors. They're readers. Yeah. <laughs> they're readers. Shocker. Yeah. And, and so so we have that. So that's the homepage and I said the second page is the book you know, whatever book you're working on or whatever that gets, you know, the second page, third page is the about. And we grow from there. So we always start them off with a three page website. But I think you're so on point, you could make a web page just as a landing page and just make it the world's best uh, sales page. Yeah. You know, you only need a landing page. And thank heavens, you got MailChimp, Constant Contact, you know, pick your mail feature that actually do that for free now. Remember when we used to have to pay $500 yeah. for a landing page? None of that and stuff And now I get free. it for free. Yeah, none of that Crazy, stuff isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it, yeah. I, and I love, I actually, I love that it is because it, it opens the door for more um, business yes. owners and solopreneurs to mm-hmm. get started because, there's some fantastic people out there that have the right heart and the right product and the right um, service, um, but they don't have the capital, right? And mm-hmm. and you don't have to with with the way the business space is right now. So, awesome. Uh, well, and and uh, you know, kind of back to prospecting and marketing. So, uh, I I would love to to go deeper on the billboard side of things. Uh, uh. Because uh, I would love to see if uh, get your opinion on if you see a case where a billboard is is effective, because ah, I I'm billboards. I'm a little bit pessimistic about it, and I would love for someone to change my opinion on it, but I cannot stand uh, billboards. <laughs> billboards are great if you tune in to your audience specifically. So, like when it comes to Mint Mobile, who do you think about? 
Oh gosh, is that a is it Ryan Reynolds? Is that Ryan Reynolds, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you knew exactly who I said. Meant mobile, and you went that guy, yeah. right? Why is that? You see that fox everywhere. Yeah, you see it everywhere on YouTube. Is it on a billboard? I haven't seen Ryan on a billboard at all. Right, he doesn't need I, to be. <laughs> there you go, because he's everywhere else. He has played to his demographic perfectly. Okay, however, if you think of a couple of cows painting eat more chicken what's the company you think of oh, chick-fil-a chick-fil-a immediately where do you see them everywhere yeah. every billboard there are cows standing on top of one another <laughs> and painting eat more chicken and they're and they're right? above actual cows that are above in the cows in a farm somewhere yeah. <laughs> so it depends on what you're doing and who you are catering to now chick-fil-a has a, a large marketing budget Okay. When Ryan Reynolds started, he knew where his demographic were. They're on their phones. They have Uber driving them around. They're not going to be looking out the window. They're looking at their cell phone. (laughs) He totally knew who he was catering to. So that's my answer. Oh, I love that. I love that. And and I I, I agree completely. So, uh, you know, I... I, I used to joke with my wife is that the only, the only reason I would get a billboard is so that I could put it near the house and maybe you could see me more often uh, because I, it's for, for, for my business, it's not a tangible return on investment unless I have a brand that's so large already that I'm reinforcing the collective consciousness that people already have. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you, mm-hmm. your example was perfect there. Um, but, you know, so, so many solopreneurs start thinking about all these big things that they feel like are, are, are necessities and really it's just doing the hard thing and the uncomfortable thing, which shouldn't be as uncomfortable as it is, um, but but it is. And that's generate leads, right? Talk to people. Talk to people. And that's, that's the big thing is you can network yourself into ba- bankruptcy. Hmm. I do want – we are not talking about networking. You can network yourself right into bankruptcy – the thing is, is pick one or two networking groups that you think are really good for yourself. Mm. And that will help get your elevator speech down. And after you've been doing that for a couple of months, and you'll know when you feel like you got it down. But the biggest thing is start giving presentations anywhere somebody will allow you to speak about your business. And so I don't care who it is. I don't care how large it is. Get out there and just let anybody, if, if they will hand you, this is the joke, if they will hand you a microphone, you say, yes, thank you. How long do I have? Yeah. And then you stop five to 10 minutes before the time that they gave you so that you can answer any questions. And if there's no questions, then you've answered all their questions or it's not the right pond. You may be fishing in the wrong pond. That is not a place where your prospects are. But if somebody asks one question, that's engagement. And listen to those questions because those questions are what are going to help you build out your sales page on your website. I, I love that. I, I Even internally, I think that applies too. Um, you know, I, I heard it said um, at one of my sales classes, I forget where it was, but um, I've implemented this in my business. And every question, and it's this, every question from a client is a, uh, a failure in your systems. Right. Every question from a client is a failure in your systems. Interesting. Yeah. I'd go up against that. So, so, yeah. and, and, and I don't think it lands as well. It's probably an opportunity in your systems. or it, I really think it is because for me, if I have, a, if somebody asks me a question, I purposely make it so people ask questions mm. because then it's engagement. But then I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm a professor. I used to, I used to be a professor at a university. And so if I didn't have questions, then I was not engaging with my audience. They were not thinking. 
they were not moving forward. They were just following. They were just whatever. I was a, I was like TV, right? Non-engagement. So I set it up purposefully. And with all this AI and everything, I purposely make one mistake in an article just to see how many people will correct me. <laughs> I, I love that. You know, you're right that that, that that would take away from engagement if it's too streamlined, you know, so. If, you, if you've got it really smooth and down to that point, but at the same time, I didn't know the context, but I just thought I'd give a different perspective no, so that, that people remember that marketing is all about context. And so just because Brian here has heard something very specific and it's appropriate, it may be very much the truth considering the context that it's in. For my business, what I do, oh, I, I love those questions. No, no, that's great. And um, I think I think there's lots of different types of engagement, so I'm glad that you touched there on you that. There you go. And Precisely you, so. And you talked about AI, uh, uh, the uh, the mis intentional mistake. It actually reminds me, I, when I first got started in, uh, in business, I had a coworker um, that would intentionally wear their name tag upside down <laughs> because... <laughs> When they were out in public, they wanted people to call it out so that it would start a conversation. And so ridiculous. He swore by that. He did it. I'm pretty sure he still does it. I like it. And it cracks me Brilliant. up. But I mean, it, that's pistachio ice that's cream. Pistachio. He, took yeah. a, he took a quirk and he became pistachio. Yeah, I, and I'm just sitting here thinking, OK, I know in, I know in my in my business, there's no problem that can't be solved with 20 conversations a day with potential uh, people or clients or, or past clients. And I wonder how many conversations he manages to pull off just with an upside down name tech, you know, mm -hmm. precisely. So exactly. So so clever and didn't cost him anything. What well, cost him like what? Ten bucks for a name tech. Right. He would have he would have paid that anyway. So awesome. Well, I, I really have enjoyed the, the conversation, Janine. I know that um, we talked a little bit uh, before the show that, you know, you have a program that that solopreneurs uh, would, would find some benefit in. And I would love for you to just highlight that a little bit and kind of let people know that if they've enjoyed the conversation as much as I have, where they can find information about that, how they can get in touch with you. You know, you can feel free to plug your podcast. I know you're an, an, an avid uh, <laughs> host you. as well. So uh, well, I think the biggest thing is uh, I have a podcast called The Thriving Solopreneur. Let's go with the free thing, right? That's the free thing. Yeah. Uh, click on it, YouTube. We're on 112 platforms, 64 public radio stations, you know, that's all that. But if uh, if that's not what you're after and you want to learn a little bit more, then you can get my book for free off my website. And this is my personal website, by the way, because I, I didn't originally do this book uh, for my business, but it's The Thriving Solopreneur and you can get it at Janine bolin.com so also there there's videos that i have written where i actually walk you through the four hours a week so you can have the book you can have the videos there and if you sign up you know you'll get an email from me once a month like i said this was not meant to be a big thing but i also have a program there called planned profitability mm. and that's where we talk about how to make money today and how do you go about making it through events and i don't mean big events i mean you're doing a workshop, not a webinar, mm. stuff like that. How to do a 90 minute workshop so that you get people buying that for 37 to $97. And so I was able to help a person who only had, uh, <laughs> she had an email list of only 58 people and she only knew 300 and some odd people on Facebook. And she was able to make $2,500 on her workshop. And for a small business owner, 
that is amazing. Yeah, that's, considering you have you're starting, you're bootstrapping, yeah. and you're doing it part time. You're working a full time job, and this is your side hack. So not huge numbers, but it gets you going. Yeah, I mean, I, and huge is relative, right? So I. <laughs> It really is because because that that can be the difference between you being in business when you're first, you know, as you said, bootstrapping uh, mm-hmm. and not. So love that. Um, mm-hmm. lo- love the conversation. Really, really, really. Uh, I'm so glad I got to guest host. I know I gave Ryan a jab. He is a good host, guys. I know he's, he's good. <laughs> he's a good guy. Um, we like Ryan. We, we want him to get healthy fast. Yeah, we, we like Ryan. Uh, and I'm also very grateful that I was able to step in and have the conversation today. So um, if if you guys uh, enjoyed this podcast, Podcast and you want to listen to more, uh, please you know follow us wherever great podcasts can be can be heard, and we'd love to to share more stories from uh, businesses of all different sizes for for your business journey. So thank you guys again for for joining us, and thanks for letting me guest host. And Jenny, thank you for coming coming on. Bye now. Thanks. <laughs>